Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Tim Horton's favorite football podcast. <laughs> That's right. I'm joined once again by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, my friend? Sexy. Sexy. Yeah. All right. Stylish. Stylish. And well dressed. Wow. You s- All you- things that Canadians usually describe Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Horton. The himself. Yeah, the, Tim, the, the guy. The Tim Horton. Yeah, Timothy. Timothy um, Horton. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I thought you were saying you're, you yourself was well dressed. I can be. Yeah. I can be. When have you been? Do you think that you clean up nice? Uh... Like what is that? You know, like every entail? everyone posts on Instagram, like oh, I'm like they just post a picture of them wearing a button, like a button down shirt. Uh-huh. And it's like I clean up nice. <laughs> Their hair is just like spiked up and whipped yeah. up to the side. And it's like, <laughs> I clean up nice. Uh, I got my freaking Timex on. Timex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cross yeah, necklace. Timex. Uh, it's not. And a they clean up nice, apparently. Timex. Yeah. No. Uh, do I clean up nice? I don't know. I w- do you think you clean up nice? No, I don't think I do. I feel like if you say you clean up nice, that means you think you're handsome. Yeah. I don't think I'm that handsome. Like, I don't... I think that there are certain... Like, I think the the best... I One of the best I have ever looked in pictures was at your wedding. Okay, yeah. I, I, you were bald then. Yeah, I was bald. I was shaved head. And, like, I think I, I, think I look better dressed up than normal but yeah. who doesn't look better dressed up than normal yeah uh, yeah well yeah i yeah. guess i don't like the way my pants were at my wedding uh they were too long i didn't i forgot to hem them <laughs> well listen uh, as long as i looked good at your yeah wedding. no you're right do you think that i look good at the you, wedding? yeah um you look pretty good at my wedding yeah yeah i thought i looked like it was Obvi- it was really sunny it was, but yeah but it was really sunny that day it's about you obviously whatever but i really thought i brought it that day yeah you did looks you, wise yeah you did like the, you could you could have done something else. Like you could have been maybe wearing a uh, uh, a blazer with a hoodie underneath it. Oh, why you could have been. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? It's actually funny that you ask. <laughs> um, this is just the most scripted thing. Ever. According to thevow.com or the Vood, listen, it's, I think it's French. <laughs> um, one of the top ten hottest fashion trends of 2021 and 2022. Is hoodies under blazers? Ooh, I actually listen. Hoodies under blazers. Okay, l- let's get into this. First of all, she did it. Yeah, I don't like that. That looks horrible. Okay, that's not at all what I was imagining. Uh, this is an audio podcast, so this might not be a good. But we figured we'd talk a little fashion at the beginning of the show. This is the average Joe football show. We talk football. We're gonna talk football later. Craziest weekend of football ever. And I have weekend. really big news. And Joe has huge news. Huge news. When are you going to reveal the news? Later when we talk about football, because it's actually football related. Okay. All right. Uh, but we always like to start things off with a little banter, non-football related talk, just to kind of get into it, ease into it. And then we kick Joe off the podcast. We bring Mike in. And then we get into the real hard-hitting football stuff. But fashion. Fashion, I think, is an interesting topic. Yeah. I would love to be fashionable. Yeah. I like... Would you love? Would you like to drip? Would you say? I would like to drip. I would like to have drip. Yeah. I don't think I currently have drip. My bank account doesn't allow me to have drip. <laughs> I think. But could, you know, I, clothes are just expensive, yeah. man. I know people are like, no, dude, you can honestly thrift and make an outfit, like make a drippy outfit. 
that's not how they say but i mean like you can like make something really sick if you just go thrift shopping i do not have the time to search through an entire oh, no. thrift shop to find decent clothes you do have the time you don't want to have my no my wife because my wife does that my wife yeah. loves thrift shopping I cannot stand it. Oh, man. I don't like the idea of wearing stuff that strangers have worn. And that, I think you're just I a little bit that, petty for that. Does that make me stuck up? That, that does make you stuck up for I sure. it does. But that's not it for me. I just don't have the time because there's not a lot of great stuff at thrift stores. You have to really look if you want to find like really good stuff. Yeah. And you can, but ugh. it's hard to be drippy on a budget. Yeah. It really is. It's hard to have drip. Well, having cash, having money. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, but. I can't, I can't have bread and have drip at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It's either the bread or the drip. Yeah. It's either the cheddar or the drip. Exactly. It's either that green or you're going to be seen. Yeah. You know? It's, it's either that moolah. Or you're going to, oh man, I should have prepared these, but you know what, you get what I mean. Yeah, no, but I, you found a list on Twitter. It's not Twitter. Twitter? Where it's, did you find it? Well, it's the internet. The <laughs> internet. Um, oh, really? I never heard of it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, um, there's, top, what's, what's, what is this list? <laughs> uh, top 10 hottest fashion trends of 2021 to 2022. Excited about that. So 2022 just started, so I cannot. I don't know how they know this no, already. It, they anticipate. They they know what we're gonna be wearing. Yeah. Okay. So I I I do want to get your opinion on the whole hoodie okay. hoodie blazer thing. All right. I like this idea, like a a hoodie underneath yeah. a nice blazer. I I like the idea of wearing blazers more often. Yeah. No. Like, I. Where we live, though. Like a suit jacket is what a blazer is. Right? Yeah. 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 No. But like, like. But like here. Well, why? Why wait, not? Well. But how do you do it with a hoodie, uh, hoodie and a blazer? Because the hoodie, like the, oftentimes the blazer, the short, the sleeves are a little short. So do you well, pull your hoodie you sleeves? You have to get it specially made, man. Yeah. Another thing, yeah, I, I would think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about that, but I, I like that idea. A nice, like, nice, like, black blazer and like a dark colored hoodie. I think that would look kind of, kind of nice. Yeah, the blazer obviously has to be over. You can't have like a nice, good fitting blazer and then have a hoodie underneath you're gonna be like like a freaking michelin man uh, that's fair i didn't think about that that's actually it's actually a lot of work bro you have to get one <laughs> fitted with a sweater that's why on. only celebrities can do it i'm serious man yeah because they don't wear the same thing twice yep not in public at least i noticed that about athletes too they'll show up to games and they got their drip going on and whatever and it's like they're never wearing the same thing twice no that's what blows my mind is that is that when you're a celebrity you have the kind of money that you don't have to wear the same clothes twice ever unless you're at home but like I, I saw something once way back that there was like some celebrity that was wearing the same pair of um of jogging pants they were seen out in public um twice in the same um week or something like that with jogging pants I'm like oh my goodness if I got if people followed me around <laughs> the amount of times yeah. they would see me wear the same shirt and pants <laughs> in a row in, days a row, in a row in a, days and like I mean yeah. even throughout a month like oh my, I have favorites. I have two pairs of good pants. Yeah. That's it. And That's I also, all I have. I also do the thing where if I have a shirt and it gets on top of the pile, that shirt, I will wear it. And then it gets washed, gets put back on top of the pile. Oh, I'll put that shirt back on. That shirt back on. Like, I'll just, I'll go through, a you know, that same shirt. Well, I have my shirts hung up, so I don't really have I that I do problem. too, but it's still like the front one. Like oh. The front one. If it's just within reach, 
Like, you know, right now I'm wearing a tie-dye shirt. And, yeah. And in jogging pants. Yeah. We're wearing this, actually the same jogging pants, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I can. I know they're a little different. You had Under Armour ones on? Yeah. Or? This is actually the next on the list, right? It was tie-dye and, and sweatpants? No, not quite. Um, the next one is Power Bohemian Florals. Okay. So this is going to get pretty confusing pretty quick. Yeah. We're not. We're going to skip over that. Yeah. Color clashing is apparently... Color clashing? So what I used to do to church... Look like a child? So like that, That's basically wearing not even colors. The bottoms are not even colors. She's wearing tan pants and a pink blazer. So. Tan doesn't count. When you say color clashing, I'm thinking like you're wearing orange shirt and green pants. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And that's something only celebrities can wear because if you wear that, you look like an, you look like you're insane in the brain. Yeah. Like you look like you don't know how to how to how to dress yourself. Yep. Exactly. Like uh, next on the list is chunky loafers. Chunky, chunky loafers. <laughs> Look at those loafers, That's man. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Big shoe, basically just big shoes, big I wish, soles. I wish this was a uh, a video podcast. Me too. This is hilarious. Chunky loafers. That's could that's gonna be the name of our band if we ever started. <laughs> we are Chunky Loafers. We're the Chunky Loafers. Chunky Loafers. That's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. What what that person was yeah. wearing. Well, and then there's hot goth. Oh, I hate that. Hot goth. It's a the thing. Which you know, honestly, I can't believe that people have this much time. What do you mean to to like? Like people genuinely read through this and they're like, "Oh shoot, this is what I gotta get into. I gotta get the hot goth going. I gotta get the chunky yeah, loafers. Of course, do like people have the time to plan their outfits out like this. Yeah. Must be, oh yeah. Must be exhausting. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, what's next on the list? Wide leg pants, which I actually already knew because my sister in law does that. But like bell bottom jeans. Yeah, they're coming. Back. Low rise jeans. Uh, they that kind of stuff is coming back. And it's, uh, it's not, well, I mean, it's not my, it would have been my first, it would not have been my first choice for something to come back yeah. per se. I would rather have like the thick tongue uh, skate shoes come back. Oh, for, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Those oh, Osiris man. or DC yeah, shoes Osiris. with like the freaking Airwalk. Oh, tongues man. that you have to grab with two hands. The Roxy. Yeah, yeah man. Oh. High top shoes, baby. <laughs> the high top DC shoes with that flat thick tongue. That's why my feet are flat because <laughs> yeah. of those shoes. Yeah, man. I, I, would it kill you to buy something with arch support? Twelve year old Joe. It was about the drip. Yeah, we back then it was about the drip. Oh man, we should uh one day if we have a video edition. I just thought about this right now. We have a, this is definitely a thing. Somebody has come up with it. <laughs> a uh uh. uh a um a segment called drip or drop there's no wow. way no somebody hasn't, hasn't yeah really done that. yeah i know right so you mean like like you think that's it that like you would okay explain you you explain it. i was I about to explain your your bit well it's so. like for a long time i was like i would keep asking my friends if i should get a jean jacket yeah. If a jean jacket was low. Uh, yeah, it's nice. like copper drop. Yeah. Yeah, cop. Oh, do we, haven't we done that on this podcast? Copper drop. We probably have. Copper drop. Well, I mean, and it's just like we would go through as two people who don't know anything about fashion. Mm-hmm. We just go through and we'll be like, oh, you know, is this a, this is, should be a meeting we have off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. But no, it's all right. We have a lot of these on the podcast. It's like just coming up with ideas. Um, 
but yeah, that's uh, anything else interesting on that list at all? No, that was pretty much it, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything that you would like to add? Like, what do you think that was like? You said that, like, I think ironically, or you, or as a joke, you said the skate shoes. Although yeah. You are getting into skating now, but yeah, I do skateboard a lot now. <laughs> There's four feet of snow outside <laughs> right now, just so you know. Yeah. I I got home from work <laughs> at five o'clock. I ate supper, I showered, and then I shoveled snow until seven thirty almost. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's good for you. Yep. I'm glad that you did that. Yep. Okay. What would you like to bring back fashion wise? May- oh, wow, Joe. Light up shoes for adults? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. They already have that. They do? Uh probably. No, right? mo- for sure. Yeah. They have everything. Um, I don't know if necessarily I wanna it's not something I wanna How bring. About Heelys? That that was a thing that came back though. For adults. When TikTok yeah. when TikTok came back, a lot of things came back, man. Yeah, and also I the Heelys thing is kinda annoying. Like it's not even a fun thing anymore. It's like if you see an adult with Heelys, it's like, oh, you're just obnoxious. Yeah, grow up. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying? Um, do you think that plaid uh is bad or like flannel shirts do you think that that's kind of just getting old already no i love it i'm all about plaid yeah i like plaid okay yeah do you think it's getting old mm, uh, well it's just such a thing you know yeah is it like that's one of those things that trans transcends even like genders like every like plaid trans is, what sorry transcends genders like both genders both wear plaid like it's one of the few things that like plaid shirts are a thing among everyone. It's a unisex thing. Unisex thing, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of unisex things, let's bring back the Canadian tuxedo. You know what the Canadian tuxedo is? Yeah, I used to I used to rock that in uh, when I was eighteen. Yeah. 18. In the, the summer of two thousand nineteen, I I rocked the jeans that. and the je- jean jacket. Jean jean jacket and and jeans on. Why is like I feel? Why do I feel stupid when I want to do that? I, I feel don't know. like I shouldn't have to. Because I the problem you definitely is shouldn't have most to. Of my, but... Most of my pants are jeans. Yeah, and I like wearing a jean jacket. But as soon as I have jeans on, I don't want to put on a jean jacket. And it's like I don't want to have to feel bad for wearing a wearing a. Canadian well, my jacket. jean jacket was like it wasn't like a jacket jacket. It was more like a jean shirt. It was like a dirt, like a denim shirt, like a, a dirt, denim shirt, a dirt, like a, a button, dirt, like, like a button button down, a dun- denim denim button down. So uh, I'm like, it was one of those. Okay, and then you yeah. had you had. Jants on. I had chance. I did have jants. Yeah, yeah, jean pants. And I had Jews on too. My feet. I was walking in. <laughs> what? Careful. Careful. What? Please be careful. Actually, they were suede. Okay. So they were swoos. <laughs> swoos. Or just shoes, even. Yeah. <laughs> Could be just shoes. Yeah. Yeah. No. You think about jean? Like, what do you? <laughs> what? Huh? Nothing. What do you think about jean hats? Jats. Jats. Yeah, I like that. Jean hats. Listen, like a denim hat. Oh, that's definitely a thing. I've seen that before. I've seen I, it before. I don't love it. I think, I think it's all right. What about genies? What's that? Oh, jeans, jean beanies, <laughs> <laughs> genies. What about bean genies, man? <laughs> bean genie, genie beanies. Oh man, that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> imagine that, just like a, like, <laughs> imagine old. like a starchy denim freaking <laughs> toque, man. Just put on, it's like, yeah, oh, oh <laughs> cold winter day. <laughs> yeah, those cold on, denim, man. Because jeans get not cold. warm <laughs> hat at all. Oh man, the coldest hat you ever worn, and it gives you a rash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's man. not even nice. Your ears are are 
are chafed after you, <laughs> oh, after you wear it. Uh, I can't imagine. Oh, uh, yeah. I that's, cannot imagine. What about like uh, Jovs? <laughs> Jean, Jean gloves? Yeah. <laughs> what, okay, what are we doing now? I don't know. Jo- jocks? Socks? Jean socks? Imagine just if you putting on jean socks. Oh my oh. gosh, that'd be horrible. <laughs> if you wouldn't fit in, guys, they would get stuck on the <laughs> I heel. Know, they would. You wouldn't be able to, they don't stretch enough. Unless you had that. Um, you got Wranglers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Levi's, the stretchy yeah, Levi's, man. Levi's, exactly. They they got the good stretch support. How much, everything. okay, sorry. How much, maybe we can get into football after this, but how much do you think is too much to pay for jeans? Oh, man. I don't even know. I don't, I, I don't buy pants very often, but like how much is a, is, is a jean? Like I bought Levi's a while ago. I bought Levi jeans and they were, I think, like $100. Hundred dollars. They were like no, they were probably like ninety. I think they're like ninety bucks. Yeah, you pay a lot for jeans. One pair of jeans, That's man. Too much. You think so? That's too much. I thought so too. Like, but, it's but they like, were really nice. It's not your fault. It's more Uncle Sam's fault that they. It is Uncle them. Sam or yeah. Uncle Tim and Uncle Tim. <laughs> Uncle Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Tim Morton. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred bucks is a lot. Wow. I would for jeans. For jeans, one pair. And you're one only, pair. And you're only supposed to wear them once a week. Give me a break. If I'm paying 100 bucks for a pair of jeans... I'm wearing them every day. I'm going to wear them. I'm going to wear them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's insane. I have a pair of Carhartt jeans. They're very expensive as well. Oh, yeah, man. I, I had to, to take out a loan <laughs> to buy those stinking jeans. Um, you wanted to talk about football before we bring in the actual football Shoot, stuff? you're right, actually. I did want to talk about football. Oh, are you going to talk about your picks again? You guys ever heard of Pickums? <laughs> It's a little silly game that we play where <laughs> when two teams like to play um, against each other, we say uh, we say which one's going to win. That kind of game. Pick'ems, what they call it. I think I've heard of it before. I'm playing in a Pick'ems game right now, currently, in a pool. Mm-hmm. A playoffs pool. Playoffs pool. At yes. work. There's 10 people involved. $200 on the line. On the line. I am in first place. You're in first place. <laughs> You are in first place. By the grace of God, I am in <laughs> I am in first place. You yeah, you're in first place. I am in second place. I'm one point behind Joe. Yeah. Uh <laughs> granted, I am tied for first place with yeah. somebody who literally um thought we were supposed to pick the team who was gonna lose. So he <laughs> he picked he picked the teams he thought was gonna lose, but he was actually picking them to win. Like but turns out they all up. won. And he Yeah. <laughs> And he's winning. Yeah, and the he's winner. tied for first place with me. And I was you're the I've second very... biggest idiot in first place. Yeah. No offense to the person that's you're not an idiot. Just in this sense, you are. Yeah. Um. Unbelievable. Unbe- but I, unbelievable. But I am winning. You are winning. So I don't know. I don't. I don't want to do a split. I don't want to split the pot. Well, man. I'm gonna win. So you cannot win. Okay. So I picked the I picked uh, the 49ers to beat the Rams this week. Mm-hmm. And Joe picked the Rams. Oh, I guess to spoil the podcast. A little sorry. No, who cares? It's, I mean. You can talk about why later. Yeah, I picked the Rams. And uh, we both picked the Chiefs, obviously. Obviously. And um, the Chiefs are both our Super Bowl picks. And if we get our Super Bowl picks right, it's three points. It's three points, yeah. One point for That's if they win game. or if they get to the Super Bowl. If they win, win the Super Bowl. If they win Super Bowl. Super Bowl. So literally, if we were to just go chalk with our picks... Let's say Joe loses the 49ers one this week. I win the Rams. Uh, we would be tied. And then it would f- go to the final game. 
and assuming the Chiefs are in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, we would both probably pick the Chiefs because we picked them to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, of course. You could big brain it, though, and you could pick the other team, try to go for the win. <sighs> but then what? Well, that's just, that's... What happens if we tie, though? Do we have to split the pot three ways? We wouldn't tie if... Well, like, I know, so but if we all like pick the if, Chiefs, if I pick the Chiefs, but we already we already picked a Super Bowl winner, so we can't pick again. You can, no, but when it comes to the Super Bowl, you will be able to pick that final game. But we, are, pick, we we already did. But you, oh. you can pick your Super Bowl winner. But then when it actually comes to the real Super Bowl, you can. So you will can I get switch four points if they win, like one point for the actual game and three points because I predicted it. Or this is getting too convoluted. You don't even know that. Don't use big words when you're talking to me. I've used that one a lot lately. It's really good. Convoluted. I hate it. Oh, man. I'm so stupid. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. And I think that's a good place to wrap this up. Probably is. No, I mean, I'm happy for you that you're doing as good as you are in the pick and pool. You don't deserve it, but I'm really, really happy. Thanks, man. Uh, it's good to see you succeed in life. Um, and, uh, you know. Got anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? No, I think we should bring Mike on. Okay. Uh, we were just discussing before we started recording that we need to get better at our transitions. Yeah, and, and now you're, you're, and now that yeah, now you're, I feel like it's we're really careening towards a, a very bad transition. Well, right now. and it's not any better that you had to bring it up. No, know? and I did, I did bring it up. <laughs> and with that, why don't we just go right over to a little bit of football? Playoffs, they march on uh, after another uh, fantastic week of football in the NFL. What might have been uh, potentially one of the greatest, if not the greatest weekend of football, of sports, I mean, that I've ever witnessed. Uh, I'm joined, obviously, by my good friend and co-host, Mike Uh How's it going, Mike? Uh, how you been? And uh, walk me through your experience with uh, what was an insane weekend of NFL playoff football. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome. Welcome back to the pod. Hyped to be back, Joe. As always, grateful to uh, to be on here with you speaking nothing but straight facts about our favorite sport, <laughs> which is football. Um, yeah, no. I would have to say by far the best week in football um, when it comes to multiple games. Like it was just, it was fun to watch. Even though my team's out, your team's out. A lot of people's teams are out. Um, It was just football was at its peak. Um, I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Um, I will say some of the teams I picked didn't do so hot. Um, (laughs) That was kind of, uh, that was not fun. But no, all in all, I mean... Uh, there was not a single game that was a dud, um, no. especially, I mean, the final game, the finale, which we'll get into a little later. But Joe, I mean, I don't think we could have asked for a better a better weekend in football. What do you think? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I I know it's like recency bias and it's like, you know, it seems like we do this with everything where it's like whatever the newest thing is, that's the best thing. And that's like the crazy. But this this honestly might be the greatest weekend of football ever. Like it, let me walk you guys through for those of you that maybe don't know just what makes this weekend, this past weekend, so special. It was 
Like you said, every single game, there was no duds. Like, it got to the point with the fourth game, it was supposed to be the best game. I was like, okay, this game's going to be a blowout because we can't just have this many good games. I was like, there's there's no way, but we did. Uh, every single game this weekend, all four games in the divisional playoffs this weekend came down to the final play of the game. Every single game this weekend came down to the final play. Three of the four games, the first three games in a row, all won on game-winning kicks. And then the final game was was decided in overtime in somewhat controversial fashion, but we'll get into that later on. Both number one seeds knocked off in the same same day, the first day of this weekend. I mean, just an insane week of football. You couldn't have asked for anything better. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I might have lost for words. It was, it's, it was literally like the first game was incredible, really good, and it only got progressively better every single game. Like every single game was better and better and better. Uh, and yeah, we're, why don't we just get into into the games? Uh, we're we're gonna talk you guys through uh, this past weekend, what happened in the NFL. Uh, we're gonna talk you guys uh, through some winners and losers, like we do every week. Uh, winners and losers of the divisional round. Now we're going to get into next week. We have our conference championship set in stone. Uh, we're going to talk about previewing those matchups a little bit, some bold predictions for those matchups. We've been bringing you that every round of the playoffs, and we'll continue to do that every uh, week. Well, two more uh, weeks, I guess, of playoff football left, and then the Pro Bowl, but nobody watches that. Uh, so we're going to bring you that as well. But why don't we start things off with the first game of the weekend uh, it was the Cincinnati Bengals going into Tennessee to play the number one seeded Tennessee Titans. And the Bengals shock a lot of people by, you know, it took them 31 years to get a playoff win. And it only took them seven days to get their second uh, playoff win uh, because they win in a 19-16 to low scoring affair versus the number one seeded Tennessee Titans who got Derrick Henry back. Uh, Mike, with Derrick Henry back, uh, with all the hype around, I, I, I don't know if I want to say hype. I think a lot of people still were underestimating them, but a team that, you like Tennessee, that has won big games all season long. What went wrong for the Titans in this game? And like, what happened? How did we get to a 1916 victory for the Bengals? Um, first off, um, Evan McPherson had a massive game. I mean, we're talking about, it was a rookie kicker. I think he kicked four field goals in this game. Um, and before he kicked the finale, he said, well, boys, it looks like we're going to go to the, uh, AFC championship. Um, which I mean, balls of steel for that one. That but, was the uh, most no, badass thing. I honestly thought this was the Titans game there down the stretch. Um, Early on, the Bengals had the, the Titans number. It was 6-0 after, after first quarter. And then 9-6 after the second quarter going into halftime. But the Titans battled back. Like I know Derrick Henry didn't have a massive, massive game. 20 attempts, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Which, you know, that's a good stat line coming back from uh, being out of the uh, NFL for like 10 or 11 weeks. Um, but still, I think turnovers absolutely killed and destroyed the uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Bengals had one turnover, which was an amazing pick by the defense of the Titans. Uh, but Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions, 
And, you know, when you're in a divisional round up against a young team like the Bengals who are hungry, you can't be throwing three interceptions. I know two of them weren't necessarily bad throws, just really good defensive plays. Um, but still, you can't be throwing it into super tight coverage when, it, you know, when the game matters, especially that final one. Um, throws it right into, I think it was like double coverage, gets batted up in the air at the, like right around the 50 or 45. And, you know, the, the Bengals pick it off and they only have to go like 15, 20 yards. And they had still, I think, around a minute or two left. And, you know, the game was over. So I would say poor, uh, poor play by the quarterback, Ron Tannehill, who I think played well up until, you know, that final pick. I think he bounced back, um, got the entire offense rolling. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown had, uh, had pretty good days. But all in all, at the end of the day, you know, turnovers, uh, turnovers are going to kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Tannehill finished the day with three interceptions, uh, including the game ceiling interception. Essentially, uh, it was a t- I. It was a tie game. Yes, I. I. I believe it was a tie game. Sixteen, uh, sixteen. I think with a be- just over a minute left, he throws uh, a pass high to. I believe it was Westbrook. A- Akine, or however you say that guy's name, uh, and it got tipped up and intercepted. And then the Titan, uh, the Bengals march down the field. Evan McPherson kicks that game-winning kick, like you talked about, and that was really, you know, the big story for the Titans in this game. They looked like they were going to crawl back uh, in this game, but Ryan Tannehill just not enough. And to me, the craziest part about this game was on the other side of the football, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow was sacked a NFL playoff record nine times in this game. I mean, the offensive line of the Bengals was about as effective as if you would have put five traffic cones in front of Joe Burrow and and just had him just snap the ball to himself. Like it was, they were completely dominated by Jeffrey Simmons and and this defensive line. And for for if you would have told me that that the Bengals. Uh, you know, allowed nine sacks on Joe Burrow, which is, was one of the biggest fears I had going into this week. I would have never, I would have never believed you if you would have told me that they would have won this game. But yeah, to me, the biggest difference maker, like you talked about, was was Ryan Tannehill throwing those interceptions. And uh, you know, I, I I'm not gonna say they they were all his fault. You know, although missing, I know the last throw hit his receiver in in the hands, but it was a high throw. And if you want to throw in the middle of the field, you don't want to throw high. You want to throw low so that the, uh, so that the, uh, the, the ball doesn't get tipped up the way it did for interceptions. But you know, this, this Bengals defense, they came to play. And I do wonder like a lot of hype around Derek Henry's return. Uh, I do wonder, was it a bad idea for Derek Henry to, to return? This week, because you talk about Derrick Henry having an all right game, he uh, he finished uh, with what what did he finish? He he finished with uh, sixty two yards on twenty attempts. That's three point one yards per carry. Not great. And honestly, he looked pretty slow. He looked pretty you know lumbering at times. And I'm wondering, Mike, do you think that it was a good idea for the Titans to bring back Derrick Henry for this week? I don't know if it was it was a good idea. I know I don't feel like it was a bad idea because you know if they lose, he's got the off season to heal up, get ready. If they win, um, of course everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, what a great call, uh, bringing him back." But I will say, like what you were saying, I feel like him not having game, um, 
uh, game time play leading into this game um, since like week eight. Um, I feel like that affected him a lot. Um, I saw one play where he got into the open field. I think it was on a toss. And uh, he went to stiff arm and he kind of whiffed on the stiff arm and just kind of fell. It was like, it, I, I was like, whoa. Like you usually see Derrick Henry throw guys to the sideline and he whiffed the stiff arm and then he kind of just tumbled. Like I feel like his legs just weren't there. Um, if stamina might not have been there, um, cause I mean, you can practice in his foot. Yep. I mean, you can practice as much as you want, but that doesn't sim- uh, stimulate or simulate, um, game time play. So I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say it was a bad idea, but I don't know if it was the right decision. Um, but my question going forward is, uh, is Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback next year, Joe, are we, are we going out in the off season and finding one of these big name players? Cause Tennessee is one, maybe maximum two playmakers from uh, from competing for a Super Bowl. You know their defense looked great. Got to the quarterback nine times, only allowed nineteen points to an offense that that can get really hot really quick. So I'm thinking if we might get you know like a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson, heck, Aaron Rodgers up in Tennessee. I mean that's a Super Bowl caliber team, Joe. I agree, and I think will Ryan Tannehill be back next year? That was your question. Yeah, I I have a feeling he probably will be back just because of his contract and and everything. But to me, this game and I know we're gonna talk, you know, in the next game about a, a team that has a quarterback that maybe is not playing great and they're still winning. But to me, this game it it showed that if you want to be if you want to take that next step, if you want to be that Super Bowl contender, you have to have an elite quarterback in the NFL. And I know there's a bunch of excuses that get made and people are like, oh, you can win. You can win without an elite quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. Look at Nick Foles. Look at, uh, you know, um, Trent Dilfer. Look at uh, Jeff Hostedler. Look at, you know, Doug Williams. Look at Tom Brady. Yeah, (laughs) look at Tom Brady. All these examples. But to me, it's like, yeah, out of the 50, what is it now, 56 Super Bowls? That we're about to see. I think it's about to be yeah, 56. This should be 56. I think it's 56. Five, six, maybe seven Super Bowls have been won by quarterbacks that are not considered elite. I don't like those numbers. Like, sure, it's possible to win a quarter to win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. But for the most part, having an elite quarterback is directly correlated with being a Super Bowl contender. And you can have the perfect team. And I don't even think the Titans had a perfect team, but they have a good team and you can have that good team. But in the end, you're always going to get beat. And that, you know, maybe not always. There's a certain percentage where you'll you'll squeak by, but you're almost always going to get beat by a team that has an elite quarterback. And on the other side of the football, I know Joe Burrow didn't play phenomenal in this game, but he made winning plays when they needed winning plays, whereas Ryan Tannehill made losing plays when they needed winning plays. And Joe Burrow, to me, is an elite elite quarterback, and I might be early to say that, but you're always going to get beat by by a team with an elite quarterback. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Mike, but... Joe, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, I guess one more stat or one thing I can show you yet before we move on to the next game is um, you're talking about you know winning a Super Bowl with an elite quarterback. If we go back 15 Super Bowls, um, you know last year Tom Brady elite. Year before that, Pat Mahomes elite. Then we got Tom Brady elite. Nick Foles um, had a good run, um, and then Tom Brady elite. 
Um, Peyton Manning, elite. Tom Brady again, elite. Russell Wilson, I believe an elite quarterback. Yes. Um, Joe Flacco, that's one you could say both ways. You'd have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you got Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, um, who are both, I feel like, elite quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is elite. Um, Eli Manning had a, half his career was elite for sure. Yeah. Um, then you have, but before that, you have uh, Drew Brees, elite, and you have uh, Pittsburgh uh, with Ben Roethlisberger, who last few years has been a rough stretch for him, but he was an elite quarterback, winning, I believe, two or three Super Bowls. Um, so, I mean, you, you can keep going. I mean, another three or four or five game or five Super Bowls, and they're all elite quarterbacks. So, I mean, to win a Super Bowl, you need a, you need elite. You need an elite quarterback. That's for sure. Yep. I, and listen, it can happen. Like I said, the Eagles did it. And there's been, you know, teams, you can argue the Giants teams with Eli Manning, you know, maybe didn't have completely elite quarterback play. But Eli Manning stepped up in the playoffs and played elite in the playoffs time after time. And same with Joe Flacco. I wouldn't say he's an elite quarterback, but he's a guy who had an incredible run in that in that playoff run. Uh, to win that Super Bowl, um, but yeah, absolutely. You just, I, you're always gonna run into a team with an elite quarterback, and if you don't have one yourself, to me, I, I just, I think it's a bad matchup for your team. Exactly, and I mean, you not necessarily need to be elite, but you know, people dog on Eli Manning saying he's not elite. My thing is the two Super Bowls he won against the Patriots. You look at the final drive; he had to lead his team down the field and score a touchdown to take exactly. the lead to win the game, and you see. The, you know, of course, there's the helmet catch in the first game. That was like a crazy incident, but he still led the field or led the team down the field. Game two, the most, I want to say, one of the best throws I've ever seen where he threw it to Mario Manningham on the sideline. Beautiful place ball. Like Eli Manning yep. did what he needed to when they needed him to. I consider him an elite quarterback in that stretch of games in his early career. So, yeah, you know, if you want to win big, you need the experience and you need someone who's going to get it done for you. Yeah, you need a guy who's going to make plays. And we're going to talk about the 49ers coming up, obviously, spoiler alert, in the next game. <clears throat> and, you know, you, you can talk about a team that they made it to the Super Bowl a couple years ago without an elite quarterback, Jimmy G. And they're, they're on the doorstep of another Super Bowl with Jimmy G. But guess what that team with Jimmy G did this past offseason? They traded away a bunch of first-round picks to go try and replace that quarterback. And to me, even teams that are winning understand that, hey, if we want to win consistently, you need a franchise quarterback. And to me, that is what I think is, is holding back this Titans team is, is, is an elite franchise quarterback. When you have the quarterback on the other side getting sacked nine times and he still outplays your quarterback, it's time to look yourself in the mirror and, and potentially replace that quarterback, but we maybe before we move on, we should talk a little bit about, about the Bengals. I feel like we talk only about yeah. the Titans. I feel like we but, do that every week. We talk about the losing team. Yeah, we're just pretty negative on the average Joe football show. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the the Bengals. Listen, this is this is like this feels like the team of destiny right now. The Bengals are a team that honestly, sh like uh, I'm going to say this respectfully, shouldn't be here. Like they're. But I mean that in in a respectful sense, like you know where we thought they were going to be at the season at the beginning of the season, they shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be in the yep. AFC Championship. They shouldn't have two playoff wins. Uh, but here they are, and you know their slogan this off season has or this postseason has been "Why not us?" And they're playing with that mentality. They're a young, hungry team 
with so much swagger. Like when your kicker has the amount of swagger that Evan McPherson showed before that game-winning kick, when he takes a little practice swing and says, oh, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. Like when that's your kicker, like imagine the swagger on that team for that to be your kicker. Like I'm, I'm really excited for this Bengals team, not only this year in the AFC Championship, but I think this is a budding team, a, a potential you know, brand new contender in the AFC. And uh, this was a an impressive per- performance with their backs against the wall, a tough game for Joe Burrow. But when it came down to it, like making that final throw to to um, Jamar Chase, who had another incredible game. Jamar Chase is so incredible. Uh, you know, this is a team that they're not supposed to be here, but you wouldn't be able to tell by the way they're playing uh, so far in this playoffs. Yeah, I know, Joe. I mean, the Bengals are just heating up and they've been continuously heating up at the right time. Joe Burrow sacked nine times, still goes 28 for 37, 348 yards. Didn't throw a touchdown pass. He did have one pick. But I mean, he just won't go down, Joe. I mean, this kid, this guy, he's just he's he's there for the fight. Um, Joe Mixon, 54 yards on 14 attempts and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, five catches, 109. Um, yeah, a young team who's just hungry. Um, people count them out all year, have counted them out all year. Um, but I mean, I don't know why not them, you know, they're, they're a team with nothing to lose. I think that's why they're succeeding so much is because they don't, they don't have the expectations like a team like the chiefs. If you don't make it to the super bowl, it's a disappointment, but for the Bengals, they're literally not supposed to be here. So they're playing with house money at this point. They got nothing yep. to lose, and and I love that about this Bengals team. No, I agree, hundred percent. They're just at this point, it's it's you know, hey, if we win, you know, everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be rooting for us. Everyone's gonna be shocked if we lose. No one's really gonna be talking about it. Like like you said, they're not not that in a disrespectful way, but no one really thought they'd be here at the end of the year. And I think they have a dang good shot in the championship game. I Absolutely. really do. I think that they could hang on. I think that they can put up a fight, if not win that game. And I'm really excited for it next weekend. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. But why don't we move on to the next game? And that was the second number one seed falling in the first uh, duo of games here on the divisional uh, round of the playoffs. We had the Green Bay Packers falling at home to none other than the San Francisco 49ers. A 13-10 to win for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this was, I want to say stunning, but if, I mean, hindsight, we should have seen this coming. And, and I kind of, you know, talked about it last week, how it's kind of scares me with this Niners team. They did the same thing to the, to the, uh, the Packers just two years ago. And Aaron Rodgers is now 0-4 against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. They just have his number. Uh, and this was a game where, uh, you know, a lot of talk was about the Packers' special teams in this game. Uh, and I think that is just complete garbage. I understand the Packers' special teams. You know, they the came down to it. The Packers really early on, I thought, dominated this game defensively. Like Jimmy G, I feel, felt like got sacked on every single third down in this whole game. And same with Aaron Rodgers. It also felt like he was getting sacked on every third down. But it felt it felt like, the honestly, the Packers dominated this game. 
but they just couldn't score. The 49ers defense kept them in it. And you I I I just I am so frustrated with people trying to blame this loss on the Packers special teams. I know they've been the worst unit in you know, worst special teams unit in the NFL, but when it comes down to it, how in the world are you the number one seed? You have a game at home. You have the MVP, probably back-to-back MVP on your team, and you score 10 points. 10 points at home. Mike, I don't know about you, but I think the blame needs to go squarely on the quarterback wearing number 12 uh, for the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Joe, I mean... I would say a lot of it has to do with that. Um, if you watch this game, Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, you know, everyone kept saying leading into this game, you know, they're playing a Californian team in Wisconsin, snowy weather, close to zero degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, everything's pointing towards Packers just blowing out the, the Niners. And it looked like it early. They scored a touchdown, I think, fairly early. And I was like, okay. Um, yep. But... I think the Niners defense, I'm going to give, you know, the Niners, their defense looked just, wow. You know, no matter what, they got the, they got the offense of the, the Packers off the field quick. You said it before the game last week, the, the best way to, to, to beat the Packers is to keep number 12 on the sideline. And I feel like they did a pretty good job of that late. Um, they held um, the Packers to 67 rushing yards and Aaron Rodgers didn't even break 200 passing yards. Um, so I mean that's 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 good defense in my eyes. If you, you they're not even breaking seventy five rushing yards, not even hitting two hundred passing yards. I think you did your job as a as a defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, the Niners again. I said it time and time again. They're not going to beat you looking pretty. They're not going to put up Jimmy G's not going to put up three hundred yards, two touchdowns, no picks, complete seventy five percent of his throws. He's going to come in. When you need him to make big throws, um, and you know, do exactly just what you need him to, and they're late. Found George Kittle a few times. Debo Samuel with a couple big runs, um, kept the Packers off the field and essentially ran out the clock and kicked the game-winning field goal. So, uh, the Niners did exactly what they wanted to. They controlled the game defensively. Didn't allow Aaron Rodgers to really get comfortable right before the half. Gave up a big, um, big play to Aaron Jones. Um, and the Packers look like they're going to kick a field goal, go up. I believe it was at 13, three at that point, And it gets blocked and sure we could sit here all day and talk about the special teams unit. But like you said, putting up 10 points at home in blizzard conditions against a team that's from California, you can't do that and expect to win. Yep. So offensively, I feel like defensively, the Packers played great offensively. Absolutely terrible, especially when Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones combined for 97 of the percent of the receiving yards. Um, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to get uh, Lazard, uh, Valdez Scantling. Um, I forget who their tight end is because I know Tunyon, I think, was out. But he's got to get everyone involved. And I get it was hard to catch. So, you know, maybe he was trying and everyone was just kept, you know, dropping the ball. But as a leader of the team, no matter how many times you guys drop it, you got to be in their face telling them, look, we got this. Come on, let's keep it going and keep feeding them the ball. Eventually, they're going to make plays, Joe. Yeah, I, I think uh, just real quick stat that blew my mind. You talked about maybe it was receivers that were dropping the balls. Uh, no, I this was Aaron Rodgers. I looked up the targets in this game, and this seems almost unbelievable. Like, I almost didn't believe it. I had to double-check this. 
So Aaron Rodgers in this game, he completed uh he completed 20 passes in this game. He was 20 yep. for 29, 225 yards, no touchdowns, which is unbelievable to not even score a stinking touchdown when you're supposed to be oh, man, I I got to just I got to relax, but he targeted these are his targets in the game. He targeted Aaron Jones 10 times in this game. He targeted Devontae Adams 11 times in this game. And he targeted everybody else two times. Two targets. One went to Alan Lazard and one went to Mercedes Lewis. It was all but two of the targets in this game. So he only threw to four people in this game and he only threw to two of them each once. So it was 11 to Devonta Adams and 10 to Aaron Jones. It's just like, what happened, Aaron Rodgers? Why, why does this happen? Why can Aaron Rodgers never win a big game? Like, why, why has he not won a Super Bowl since 2012? And I want to like make it clear. Like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is such like a controversial person right now in the NFL because you either hate him because he's not a he's not a left wing robot like everybody else in the NFL, or you make excuses for him until the cows come home. Oh, he doesn't have the weapons. He's got too many people injured on his team. His they never build around him. I like to say think that I'm like somewhere in between. Like I I like Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. However, I mean, he's got to be held accountable at some point. Like, you are supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, you're such an amazing quarterback, and you haven't made a Super Bowl since 2012. Like, and, and, and to have the 49ers come in, not score an offensive touchdown, and still win? Like, what is going on, Aaron Rodgers? And to me, I think he's, you know, I think he's done in Green Bay after this game, and I'd love to know your opinion on that. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I honestly think that this game, because he doesn't hold himself accountable, he's gonna blame everybody else for this, and he's gonna go find somewhere else to play because, because it's just not working. They, they continue to lose in big spots week in and week out, Mike. And I'm curious, what do you think? Do you think this is the last game we saw Aaron Rodgers play? for the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I believe so, Joe. I think, um, I think that Aaron Rodgers uh, takes some time, maybe uh, misleads a lot of people, kind of like he did last year in the offseason, you know, make it sound like there's no way he's returning to return. Um, but I think this time he does leave. There's plenty of teams out there that are looking for a quarterback this offseason. And... I'm, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I did say it early, early on, Joe. Imagine Aaron Rodgers takes the Packers somewhere. Um, actually, I said, imagine Aaron Rodgers just has a bad season and, you know, ruins the Packers' chances. But now I feel like, imagine Aaron Rodgers takes him deep into the playoffs only to just choke away just to be like, look, this is what you get. Um, I'm not a believer in that. There, You know, some people probably are. I think Aaron Rodgers... Is is done in Green Bay? I think that time and time again they've gotten they've gotten far. First round, you know, by first seed, get knocked out. Didn't even score a uh, more than ten points. 
um, in a divisional round game against a team that didn't even score an offensive touchdown and they lost. I just, I don't see why stay. Like, yeah, if you want to be a homer, if you want to stay with one team for your entire career, that's great. That's cool. But with all these other teams building, you know, building up, why not go somewhere, try to do what Brady did, win one or two rings, um, and then retire happily? Like, I mean, I wouldn't see why not when, you know, a lot of teams are looking for quarterbacks, Joe. But yeah, no, I feel like Aaron Rodgers does need to be held accountable. You cannot be hosting in Lambeau Field, one of the most historic stadiums, um, talk about how you know, the NFL has to go through effing Green Bay um, and then, you know, put up 225 passing yards. Um, of course, he had 225 passing yards, but if you take away the sacks, it brought it down to under 200. Um, but yeah, no touchdowns and only target um, everyone outside of your running back and best receiver twice. You just can't do that, especially when you're the most likely back-to-back MVP. I don't know if he will be MVP, but... Um, no, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, can't have that. But I mean, on the other side of the ball, um, kudos to to Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, um, Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan. They did exactly what they wanted to in this game, Joe. Hold the Packers to almost nothing and just do enough to get away with a win. That way they can go back to California next week and, uh, and play in the, the warm weather and show the NFL that um, when it comes to better weather football, that this is going to be a team that's going to run down your throat and they're going to be scrappy and they're going to get wins when they need to. And I think next week's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Next week is going to be a good time. And uh, one final note. Yeah. Congratulations to the 49ers. They've been such a surprise team. And, and it's crazy that you like you talk about this team from California, how they go into Green Bay and they look like the team that's built to play in the cold. They look like the team that's ready to beat you up when you'd think it would be the team that's from Green Bay. And I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, it was a blizzard outside. It was cold. Aaron, how can Aaron Rodgers pass in, in this? He's played there for like 20 years. Okay? You'd think he'd be well, used Joe, to it I by can, now. Joe, I can... I can I, no, like, if, if I'm going to hear it was too cold, nope, they're from Wisconsin, they know this. Oh, Aaron Rodgers can't throw the ball when it's cold. That's fine. They have a two-headed running back attack and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who didn't even put up 67 rushing or 70 rushing yards. There's yeah. literally no excuse possible that a Packers fan can say. There's just nothing. Oh, There's absolutely, absolutely nothing. And don't, don't, uh, blame it, don't blame it on this freaking special teams. I'm so tired of that. Like, your special teams, I get it. Like, there was a blocked field goal and a blocked punt. That's great. That's still only 13 freaking points. Like, you you scored 10 points. 10 points. You have Aaron Rodgers. Yep. He didn't pass for a touchdown in this game. One like, Aaron Rodgers touchdown and that those those two uh, special teams blunders, they mean nothing. That's all you need exactly. is one Aaron Rodgers touchdown. Like, yeah, I just... I don't need to hear it. It's yeah, I'm 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 the Aaron Rodgers drama has been exhausting this year and I I like Aaron Rodgers as a player and listen, I don't want to like I don't want to be a hater or whatever, but I'm so sick of the excuses. I get the guy needs yep. to be held accountable. This team needs to be I held agree. accountable and like they they have one of the most talented teams in the NFL. I'm not I'm not trying to hear that Aaron Rodgers didn't have enough talent around him. I'm not I'm not trying to hear that. He's got the best receiver in the NFL. He's got a monster two-headed, uh, you know, backfield like you talked about. He's got a, a pretty good defense. I thought played really, really well at times in this game. And it's just, you know, the better team moved on. The team that was more prepared moved on. Uh, they were the team that that just came in and bullied this Green Bay Packers team. And yeah, a lot of tough questions coming up for Green Bay. 
uh, this offseason. But why don't we move on to the next game? Uh, and these are the Sunday games. We started things off with what looked like was going to be a blowout. Uh, the Rams headed into Tampa Bay to play the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they walk away with a 30-27 to victory. This game was, well, it had a little bit of everything. It had you know, a blowout at times on one end, and then all of a sudden the other team was kind of blowing them out in the second half, and it came down right to the wire. The third straight game that ended on a game-winning kick Matt Gay kicks the game-winning 30-yard field goal uh, to lift the Rams over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this game, uh, I mean, this was a game that looked like it was going to be a blowout for the Rams. The Rams came out. They were playing so good. Matthew Stafford's dominating. Uh, Tom Brady has literally no time to throw the ball. I mean, Von Miller and Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, they were dominating this game early on. Jalen Ramsey looked good early in the game. Uh, and then something flipped. Something flipped in the second half of this game. Mike, what happened? Like, I, I believe they were up 27-3, to three, was it, at one point in this game? Or 24-3, to three, yes. something like that? Like how It was 27-3, I think, going into half. 27-3. How the heck did we end up 32 uh, 27, Mike. Well, you know, start off the game, like you said, the Rams came out hot, you know, got up to 27 to three going into half. At that point, I'm like, this football game's over. Um, my bold prediction was looking good. Odell might throw a pass yet. Tom Brady didn't have a touchdown pass yet. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but in the second half, I don't, I don't think it's so much, you know, conspiracy of, oh, Tom Brady, they wanted Tom Brady to get into the game to make it interesting, or Tom, it's Tom Brady, you know, he's going to come back. I think it's just the Rams playing bad football, horrible oh football. I think they had probably, what, three or four? I know they had four, was it four turno- turnovers total? I think two or three of them in the second half. I think it was three. And if you're trying to win a playoff game, that is not how you do it. Um of course, in the end, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup made the big plays um, they needed to. I honestly think one of the plays of the game is the deep bomb to Cooper Cup, but Matthew Stafford sprinting down the field, no timeouts left, basically grabbing his linemen, throwing them on his back, carrying them to the line of scrimmage because they need to spike the ball, gets the spike. Um, they put up the game-winning field goal. But yeah, no, if you're going into next week, you, especially against the Niners team that just shot out the number one seed in the NFC, you cannot turn the ball over four times. So they need to clean up their, uh, their turnovers. Um, the Rams do. Um, other than that, I feel like they played very well. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, you got the, the box who, who made a run there late. Um, Brady came, came out hot in the second half. Did most of his damage in the second half. Same with Mike Evans. Um, and there's a lot of rumors swirling that this could have been Brady's last game. He could be retiring. I want to know your thoughts on that yet, Joe. But no, nah, I I mean, from the beginning, if, if the Rams lose this game, it would have just been embarrassing by the Rams to go and spend all that money just to put up a big number and get blown out in the second half to lose. But um, no, I believe this was the Rams uh, game to win. And the Bucks really had no chance all the way until like the final few minutes of the game. 
But yeah, kudos to the Rams. But uh, Joe, uh, what's your thought on uh, TB12 hanging it up after after this one? Ah, wow. I mean, that this feel, felt like it came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden people are talking about Tom Brady retirement. And like going into this game, I'm like, there's no way Tom Brady retires after this season. And even after the game, I'm like, there's no way. But I don't know if you saw, I, I was just on Twitter and Tom Brady was on his podcast talking about uh, this, I, I guess it came out this uh, this evening. This is Monday that we're recording. Uh, he was basically talking about how, you know, we, we all know Giselle, his wife, has wanted him to retire for years, since like 2017. And he's talking about how, like, you know, she doesn't like seeing him get beat up. And he's talking about his kids and, and saying things like, you know, he, he needs to do what's best by them. And, and honestly, this is the closest I've ever heard to Tom Brady sounding like he's going to retire. Like, I, I actually, I don't know. Uh, I think if I had to put money on it, I still, I still find it very hard to believe that this is how Tom Brady's going to end his career. I feel like, I feel like we'll see him at least one more season, but I'm stunned, like, how much, like, he's never really gotten to the point where it sounds like he's accepting retirement. And, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this or if you think he's going to retire, but... I don't think it's going to happen yet, but it is definitely, I think, closer than it's ever been. Yeah, no, uh, that's a good point. I don't know, Joe. I, uh, the contract's up. I don't know where if he resigned. If, my thing is he's either retiring or he's going to sign a one-year uh, one deal with Tampa Bay to play one more season and then announce like this will be his final season because, um, you know, he can't play forever. And especially, you know, he had a hot season, put up some monster numbers. But as, uh, you know, going into the playoffs, he didn't look as hot. Um, the team was pretty beat up, lost some of their core receivers. Um, so either they go out and, you know, try to get one or two big name players on the offense, sign Brady to a one-year deal, and let him finish like that. Or, you know, he's done. I never thought Brady would end without, you know, a Super Bowl. But at the same time, like, I, I just... What like what more does he need to give us? We've seen so much out of him already. Um, so if he does retire, I wouldn't be surprised. But I mean, we'll have to find out. I believe Man in the Arena, the final episode, comes out right before free agency. Um, they're doing that, I think, on purpose. They're holding on to that final episode till then. And a lot of people are speculating that's where he'll make his final decision. Um, so we'll just have to kind of wait and see in, uh, in the offseason uh, for, for, uh, for what he plans on doing. But at the end of the day, I was one of those. Uh, it was a fun game to watch. I really enjoyed watching the Rams and Bucks, and uh, I'm 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 just I'm pumped to see what Matthew Stafford and that million dollar team they put together. Uh, what they do next week in the the I mean the championship Brown Joe. Yeah, 100. I do want to real quick talk a little bit about Matthew Stafford. You've talked about him a little bit. Uh, I want to say this is was an incredible incredible game by Matthew Stafford. He went out and showed why. They why they paid what they did to go get Matthew Stafford. This was a legacy game for Matthew Stafford. This is probably the best game of his career. Like that throw that he made to Cooper Cup, like that you talked about, where he was running down the field, like taking his offensive lineman. He took an absolute shot from Indama Kinsu on that on that game on that uh, gain to to uh, Cooper Cup, and to make that throw, it was an incredible throw, and he got hit. And, you know, just he played mistake-free football. He didn't throw an interception. He didn't fumble. Uh, he, he balled out in this game, throwing two touchdowns. Uh, he finished 
with um, 366 yards, two touchdowns, like I said. Uh, I mean, just an incredible game. And you talked about late, like the Rams, like, and I, uh, the Rams almost blowing this game. And I know a lot of people want to talk about, oh, Tom Brady almost came back in this game. And me and my buddies that were watching this game, we're like, the whole time, we're like, oh, Tom Brady's going to come back. He's going to find a way to come back. When Tom Brady does this, we always think, oh, it can't happen, it can't happen. Uh, I do want to say, I think we're, we might be giving Tom Brady a little bit too much credit in this game because, listen, he made some great plays down the stretch. However, the Rams, it seemed like they wanted to lose this thinking game. Like, it came down the stretch, and you talked about, like, they fumbled four times and lost all of the fumbles. You had um, Cam Akers fumble twice, including a devastating fumble at the uh, near the end of the game that ended up uh, tying up the game later on when the Bucks marked down and tied up the game. You even had Cooper Cup, who had an incredible game. He had over 180 yards receiving. He fumbled and lost lost a fumble in this uh, in this game. Uh, and and then you had the snap over, like uh, that was incredible. Like they stopped the Tampa Buccaneers on fourth down. You're thinking, okay, now it's over. And the very next play. The Rams center snaps it directly over Matthew Stafford's head. And it was just like the Rams looked like they were scared of their own shadow. Like they they were playing terrified. They they took the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hands. They tried to run the ball. They they it looked like they were just like, please, please, Mr. Tom Brady, don't come back. Don't beat us. Please. It looked like they were terrified. Like Sean McVay curled up into a ball, and they can't do this next week, or if they make it to the Super Bowl, they can't. They cannot make these mistakes because somebody will make them pay. Whether it's uh, you know Debo Samuel and and Jimmy G next week, and and Kyle Shanahan, you know, being the awesome play caller that he is, or whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl, like so, you cannot play scared down the stretch. You got to stay aggressive, and you can't make these mistakes. But overall, I don't think a lot of blame goes to Matthew Stafford because I don't think he was the reason that they almost collapsed in this game. I think he was the reason that they won this game. And yeah, just an incredible, incredible performance by Matthew Stafford. And I think Sean McVay, you need to stay aggressive late in games. Uh, But speaking of aggressive, why don't we move on to the final game, Mike? Uh, Wow. I mean, what is there to say about the Chiefs versus the Bills, uh, in case you, in case our listeners have been living under a rock, Mike, why don't you introduce this game? Let us know. Uh, I don't know what happened in in what was really billed as the premier game of this weekend. Um, I don't know if if any of you listeners remember. I believe it was two or three seasons ago when the Chiefs played the Rams. And we got to witness one of the greatest football games of our lives. I believe the score is 54-50. Yes. This game topped that, in my opinion. From, I feel like the first half was, excuse me. I feel like the first half was, it was fun to watch, but it wasn't overly exciting. I mean, it was a 14-14 game going into half. So, I mean, we all figured it, it would turn up in the second half. And boy, did it. I mean, going into the third quarter, we had a 21-23 football game. Fourth quarter hits. And I believe each team nearly scored more points in the fourth quarter than they did throughout the rest of the game. Bills putting up 15 and the Chiefs putting up... uh, Actually, the Chiefs put up 13. I thought that was 19. Uh, But that's with overtime. 
Um, but still, I mean, just a ridiculous game. It went, you know, each, I feel like each defense just could not stop the offenses in this game, Joe. So you, you kind of had the feeling going down the stretch that whoever was going to have the ball last was going to win the game. And, uh, you know, as fun of a game as it was to watch, I have a few things I would like to talk about. First off, shout out to the Chiefs. I've been a hater all year, Joe. Wow. You know it better than anyone. I've been, I've been so critical of them, and they started the season off so poor. And to bounce back and get all the way to the championship game for the fourth year in a row and do it in just, I mean, dominating fashion. Um, I'll say, I'll say, shout out to the Chiefs, and you know. That final drive, one, I will not understand why the Bills didn't squib kick it to try to yeah. knock off two, three seconds. Um, and then after that, why not rush three, drop three safeties, and then you got, what is that, five defenders floating around in the middle of the field? Because, you know, 13 seconds left in the game, all Pat Mahomes has to do is get 40-something yards, which, you know, doesn't seem like the easiest thing to do with the way the Bills have been playing defense. but they drop, they, they rush four, I think drop three, and the first ball goes to Tyreek. Easy 20, 20 plus yard pickup. And then the next one, Travis Kelsey is literally wide open, 10, 15 yards down the field. Boom, another easy completion. They're past field goal range. They're already like, I mean, if they wanted to, they could have taken a shot at the end zone just, just to try to win the game. I know it would have been dumb, but they were that close already. Um, so I don't get the defensive play calling. Um, going down the stretch, leading into overtime. And then in overtime, if you're the Buffalo Bills defense, I believe they were the number one overall rated defense going into um, this game. If you're that Bills defense, you cannot just allow the, uh, the Chiefs to go down the field on back-to-back, or the drive before, go down, kick a field goal, then the drive in overtime just to march down the field, make it look easy to score a touchdown. You just can't do it. Um, you guys have been talking big since the Patriots game. You know, you're, you're here for vengeance. You're here for blood and to just constantly allow the chiefs to march down and score, which I get the chiefs are a tough offense, but you gotta, you gotta show for it. Josh Allen literally put, I think had one of the best performances by a quarterback. If not one, I uh, like, we got one of the best performances by a quarterback. Um, and he gave up everything to try to win this game, converted on multiple fourth downs. And, you know, at the end of the day, had to sit on the bench and, uh, and, you know, not even get to touch the football in overtime. So that kind of sucked to watch, but nope. Shout out to the chiefs for winning this game. I think them going up against Cincinnati Bengals next week is going to be absolutely crazy. And I can't wait to watch, but yeah, by far one of the best football games I've ever seen in my life, Joe. Yeah. And I, I have written down here in my notes, like, is this the greatest game <laughs> ever? And I, that might be a stretch. I know it's recently recency bias and, and all that, but this definitely is up there. Like I, it, it is definitely a contender for the greatest game I've ever witnessed. And this was just two teams with offenses that were just clicking on all cylinders. And it's funny because both these teams at some point during the regular season, we were like, Oh, what's wrong with these offenses? Why are they not like, why are they not what they were last year? We were worried. And especially with the chiefs, we're like, is this team ever going to be, you know, good again. Are we ever going to get the old Chiefs back? And that seems so silly to talk about now. But yeah, this this game went back and forth and it featured, and this is another game that showed just how important, in my opinion, an elite quarterback is. Because both these two quarterbacks in this game went absolutely berserk 
and like one of the like two of the best quarterback performances of the entire season of like my football viewing experience. No turnovers in this game by either team. Both offenses flying down the field, just tit for tat. It's like you know, Chiefs score, Bills score, Chiefs score, Bills score, and it's like they had an answer for everything. And I thought Patrick Mahomes early on, like, I feel like a lot of talk was about Josh Allen and how maybe he's, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL. I feel like Patrick Mahomes reminded us early on, hey, don't forget about me. Like, I am the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I struggled sometimes this season. But early on, him scrambling in this game was absolutely insane. Like, they could not catch up to this guy. They could not sack him. And it reminded me so much of you know, of just what the Chiefs have been. Uh, they're, they're back. The Chiefs are back. We've said that so many times this season, but the Chiefs offense was back in this game and late in the game uh, was just incredible. There was 25 combined points in the last two minutes of this game. Just insane. Back and forth, back and forth. You had Buffalo uh, at one point had a 29-26 to 26 lead. Uh, so this was with about two minutes left, a 29-26 lead. Kansas City then scores a 64-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill with about a minute left on the clock. And I remember saying to the people I was watching with, I was like, that's way too much time. Way too much time for Josh Allen. And the Bills, I thought, played it perfectly. Perfectly. And they had a they had the what looked like the game-winning touchdown on a 4th and 13, I believe it was, to Gabe Davis, who, quick shout-out to Gabe Davis. I mean, the Chiefs never once Monster even... Monster game. The, that's, yeah, that's borderline an understatement. Like, the Chiefs yeah. never even thought of covering this guy. He had four touchdowns, over 200 yards receiving, and he, he scores a game, you know, what looks like the game-clinching touchdown with 13 seconds left. 13 seconds, Mike. That, that is something that I've been repeating to myself, like, all day. Like every five minutes in my head, I just like repeat 13 seconds is what they left the Kansas City Chiefs. 13 seconds they left the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Like it's unfair that 13 seconds is too much time to leave Patrick Mahomes. It's unreal. It's, uh, it's, and, and I know you can talk about the squib kick, and I agree. They probably, I don't know if it should have been a squib kick or like a sky kick, like just kick it high up in the yeah. air short. And that probably would have been a good good play too. And I was talking to my to the guys I was watching with. Uh, on that second play to, to Travis Kelsey, I was saying what I, and listen, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm not going to say I'm smarter than Leslie Frazier or whatever. But what I was saying is why not, if you're the defensive coordinator, find out what this kicker's range is, Harrison Butker's range is, and say, okay, this is the line where he needs to get to to kick this field goal, and literally line your safeties up there. I don't know why they were playing the end zone. Like, yeah, that made no sense to me. Like, pl- play the field goal line. They only need a field goal to get the game to overtime. And then they, they end up getting there. With 13 seconds, just incredible. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, incredible, incredible. We are witnessing history with the with these guys, and yep. one of the greatest endings to a game. 
you know, they, they tie it up, they go to overtime, and we just knew whoever was winning that coin toss, they were winning that game, and it's kind of a bummer. And I will say, it does suck that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to win to win this game because as much as I've been a Josh Allen hater and a Bills hater, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. Obviously, I'm always going to have a little bit of bias, and you're a Patriots fan. You're always going to have that little bit of bias, and but you got to just you got to just take your hat off to 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 Josh Allen. I mean, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. He deserved a shot, and I do want to talk about the overtime rule, Mike. Do you think that they should a change the rule? Do you think that this game will be be the game to change the rule, uh, the overtime rule, and what should they do? to change the overtime rule if you think it should be changed. I'm not going to give you my opinion on on this rule because I want to talk about I have like something on this for our next segment. Okay, all right. I will say if they do change it though, if they do decide to change it, I think 15 minute quarter um even 10 minute quarter cuz a lot of times, you know, each team can get two th- position possessions in. 10 or 15 minute quarter, two timeouts, fourth quarter rules, um, a touchdown. If the first team scores a touchdown, the team gets the second team gets the opportunity to go down the field and do the same. If the second team scores a touchdown, next score wins. If the first team goes down and kicks a field goal, the other team has an opportunity to kick a field goal to tie or a touchdown to win. Mm-hmm. I just think the easiest way to fix it, you each get an opportunity to touch the ball. After that, it's next score wins. If the game then ends after that 15-minute period in a tie, we go to college rules, um, playoff, and uh, you know you go from there until there's a winner decided. I'm over ties. I want ties out of the NFL. Yes. No one enjoys a tie. Like what? What? Like how? Like that? You know? And, and it just. You know, you get down to the playoffs and there's always that team with a tie that could get in with one less win. And, you know, it's just this big thing. And nobody likes a tie. Nobody wants to go home and say, yeah, my team tied or yeah, we tied. Like, no, you play till the game's over. I don't care if it messes with TV ratings or whatever. Like, you know, we could talk about a game that goes on for an extra hour and a half because of, you know, the intensity. Like, let them play until there's a winner, Joe. Yeah. That's the, that's how I think you fix overtime rule. Um there, there's a lot of ways you could do it. I think just give each uh, team a chance to have the ball. Um, and then from that point, you know, next score wins. I think that'd be the best thing to do. But um, I don't know. What, what do you think? What, would, what, what do you think would fix the NFL overtime rule? Yeah, no, I like that. And uh, I do want to say, like, like I, I do like the college. I think college has a really good overtime. And I don't, I don't think the NFL will ever take take their... their I think the NFL is too prideful to, to take something from college football because they feel like they're better than college football or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I do think each team should get at least one shot. Uh, it, it's complicated because then it's like, okay, is it then next score wins? Because then it's still not totally fair because the other team could get two possessions to the other team's one possession. And it's just, it's very muddy. Yeah, yeah. It's It, it gets messy. But also I, I do want to say, you know, this is a rule that, you know, when your team benefits from it, you you probably have no problem with it. Uh, uh, but when your team loses because of it, that's when you know that's when you have a problem. And I, the Chiefs, they had to pay their dues because they had this exact same situation happen to them just 
what was it, three years ago two against years, the Patriots. Two, three years ago against the Patriots. Yep, the, the Patriots got the exact same thing. Uh, they won the toss, and you knew at that point it's over. Tom Brady's going to march down the field and, and, and win this game. So, listen, and I, I respect what Josh Allen said. You know, he didn't complain about the rule. He just said, hey, if we would have won the toss and we would have won the game, we'd be celebrating. And I do think it would. It is. I think the NFL would benefit from changing this rule 100% and changing overtime. I'm not sure what they would do to do that, but I don't want to make excuses. I think the Chiefs very much deserve to win this game. It honestly sucks that there had to be a loser in this game because both these teams played their absolute heart out. Uh, but yeah, just one of the greatest performances ever. And to me, this win by the by the Chiefs feels so much like what the Patriots did for so long. It's like they just find a way to win. Like there's even games where it's like, you know, they maybe it feels like they don't even deserve to win. Like I can think of Patriots games like it feels like the Falcons game, you know, the Super Bowl, Falcons Super Bowl, Seahawks Super Bowl. Like those were games that it felt like the other team just should have won. They felt like they were the better team. But somehow the Patriots for like 20 years just figured out ways to win this game. And to me, that's what the Chiefs remind me so much of, you know, those old Patriots teams. And they might be that new dynasty. Like they just, they find ways to win. And it's frustrating. And I know like, you know, it seems like a lot of the football world is turning on the Chiefs, you know, they because they're the dominant team now. Uh, but they remind me so much of that Patriots dynasty. And it just, they find ways to win. It's impossible. It's improbable. I don't know how they do it with 13 seconds left on the clock, but they find ways to win. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, like it just makes things, it just makes things so much easier when you have a quarterback like that. But yeah, just incredible, incredible game, incredible weekend. Uh, and why don't we wrap it up with some winners and losers, Mike? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll start things off since I, th- I, think, I think you started it off last week. I'll say uh, my winner from the divisional round, probably, I'd say the winner is football fans as a whole. I think we're the winners this week. This was an incredible week of football. Uh, really made me you know, remember why I love watching football, why, you know, why I do it. Just an incredible fun week. Uh, every single game coming down to the, to the last possession. Uh, so I think football fans as a whole are winners. And my biggest loser from the divisional round, I think, I think it's got to be the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you're the number one seed. You had all this hype coming in. Aaron Rodgers, you know, potential back-to-back MVP. To me, you're you're absolutely the biggest losers. You should have won this game. You should be in the NFC Championship. You should probably be in the Super Bowl. And the thing that sucks the most for for Packers fans and for the Packers organization is this is going to stir up all the Aaron Rodgers talk again. You know, where's he going to go? Where's he going to play next season? And... You know, another season without a Super Bowl, despite having who should, you know, uh, the next, you know, not the next best thing, but the best thing uh, in Aaron Rodgers. He's, you know, Mahomes before Mahomes. He, he's this big deal, but yet, you know, hasn't been a Super Bowl, Super Bowl since 2012 and just another disappointing end for the Packers. So that's my biggest loser, Mike. Uh, why don't you give us your biggest winner and loser from the divisional round? 
yeah, Joe, those were really good picks. I think both of them very well done. Um, my biggest winner this week, I'm going to go with NFL officiating, Joe. All right. I feel like there was not, there was not a single game, at least that I can remember, um, that was swayed heavily by refs. That was decided by one or two big refing calls. Um, and I'll, I'll count that as a win. Like, I can't remember one play that I was like, no, that was a bad call. It was such a horrendous call. Like, how can you make that call? Like, I think in general, the rest did a great job this week. I've been very hard on the rest this year. And I think they finally listened um, and just let the players play. Of course, you know, if your team lost this weekend, you're going to be like, well, the refs did this, refs did that. But I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed every game and I believe that the refs did a great job. So kudos to the refs. They get to be the, the biggest winner this week. And my biggest loser, Joe, here we go. The NFL overtime rules. And this is why. Not because I don't think that they, um, I don't agree with them. Um, if you win the toss and you get the ball, your offense needs to go down and score. And if you're on the defense, you have to come up with a big stop. You cannot say it's not fair that we didn't, our offense didn't get a chance. No, your defense had a chance to stop the opposing offense. Um, especially when you have the number one ranked defense going into that game, you can't complain about the rules. You need to get a stop big for your team, which you failed to do multiple times in that game. Um, so I, I, I think the rules are fine. I agree with the rules. Um, but it, I, the reason I'm calling them my biggest loser is the fact that we did not get to see Josh Allen get back on the field, yeah. go down. I would have been down. I would have paid to watch another hour and a half, two hours of that yeah. game, Joe. I mean, it, it was just the funnest thing to, the, you know, one of the funnest games I've ever seen, if not the funnest game to watch. So I think that the reason the overtime rules are the biggest losers because it did not allow Josh Allen to get back on the field, go down, score a touchdown, and we could have done this over and over and over again, and I would have enjoyed it all the way till midnight because it was just such a fun game. But that, those are my winners and losers, Joe. I love it. I love it. I, I, I agree 100%. It's, you know, the rules are the rules. And uh, that's why I, I, I do want to, like, I don't want to take any credit away from the Chiefs because they absolutely deserve to win. And I think, I think the rules thing may be getting a little bit too overblown. Like, obviously, this is going to happen. We want to see Josh Allen, and it sucks that we didn't get to see Josh Allen. But, yeah, the defense is, you know, that's, that's part of the football team. You got to make a stop. And we we know the overtime rules. That's that's how it's been. Uh, and like you said, the 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 Bills were the number one defense in the NFL coming into this season, coming into the playoffs rather. And it's like it's not like they weren't given a shot. You know, you could have made more plays during the regular se- uh during the regular uh, regulation uh, of the game. And you know, I I I do agree. You know, I, I see people saying it's not fair that Josh Allen didn't get a shot, and I don't think that's the right wording. I think it is fair. You know, that's the rules. That's how it works. That's how it works for everybody. Uh, does it suck? Absolutely. 100% it sucks. But the rules are the rules, and you can't change it just because, you know, it was one of the best games you've ever seen. But, yeah, 100% really good winners and losers. Uh, speaking of winners and losers, we're going to have a couple more winners and losers next week. Why don't we preview a little bit next week's games? We are uh, we are at the conference championship games now. Just four teams remain. A couple of teams that we expected to be here. A couple of teams that I think 
we would both be pretty stunned if you would have told us like mid-season that these two teams would be here. We have the first game on the schedule, the AFC Championship, uh, hosted by the Chiefs for the fourth straight season. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship game. Uh, incredible feat by them. I mean, just just really good. They remind me so much, so much of of early Patriots, like just domination constantly in the AFC Championship. Uh, and uh, yeah, this game should be so exciting. My, what are you looking forward to to watching uh, in, in the AFC Championship game? Um, well, Joe, we had a we had a gunslinger um, affair previously. This on you know uh, yesterday night, and I feel like we have another one coming up with Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then you got um, Joe Burrow on the other side of the field, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. And I think both defenses have played very well up to this point. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, to watch this matchup. A lot of people are probably giving the chiefs, you know, they're the victory already. And I mean, wouldn't surprise me if they won. Um, they are seven and a half point favorites as of today, but, uh, man, I don't know, Joe. I just, I have a feeling we got some upsets. You know, there's been a lot of upsets. Number one seeds getting knocked out early. Um, the chiefs are the only team above a three seed left. Bengals are four, Rams are four, and Niners are six. And Joe, my bold prediction for this game is the Bengals are going to go into Arrowhead. They're going to stun the Chiefs, and they're going to win by 10 points, Joe. Whoa! All right. I thought you weren't a Chiefs hater anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a hater. I'm not, I don't like the Chiefs, but we've seen so many upsets, you know, from... The uh, the Packers losing to the Niners, and you know the previous week, oh, and then also you could say the the Titans losing to the the Bengals. Um, previous week, I'd have to go back and look, but uh, I mean, I guess the Niners beating the Cowboys, um, and we've just seen plenty of upsets this uh, this year in the playoffs. And why not another one, Joe? Why not one more? Why not us? As the Bengals would say, like I'm gonna go with a, a Bengals victory and Bengals by ten, Joe. All right, that's I love it. I love bold predictions. I love this segment that we've been doing. It's it's really fun. The whole bold predictions thing. That's a very bold to not only win, but to win by ten points as a seven and a half point underdog. That would be pretty incredible. And listen, the Bengals, you know, they're a team playing with nothing to lose. They're they're playing reckless, and it could definitely happen. Like I think we should not underestimate the Bengals. And I'm excited for this quarterback duel going into this AFC Championship game. I think it's going to be a fun performance. To me, the biggest thing that scares me with the Bengals is their offensive line. That performance that they put up this past week, nine sacks allowed, you can only survive that for so long. And you're going to be facing Chris Jones. You're going to be facing Frank Clark. You know, you, you got guys like that coming at you at your quarterback. I know Joe Burrow's amazing. That part really scares me. And I think this Chiefs offense, they're clicking on all cylinders. Don't get me wrong. This Bengals defense, they're making plays. Jesse Bates, the safety for the Bengals, he's made some incredible plays this, this, this postseason. Uh, and I would expect him to keep doing that. And listen, the Bengals literally beat this Chiefs team just a few weeks ago uh, near the end of the regular season. So it's not impossible. We've seen it before. I, however, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this game. 
I think that's, you know, that's pretty predictable, pretty chalk. Uh, I had them winning the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, and I've kind of stuck to it this whole time. I think the Chiefs are, they're dominant. They're ready to roll. They're, they're, they're back to the, the Chiefs are all the way back. I think this will be a closer game than some are anticipating. I think it'll be closer than seven and a half points. I think the Bengals are, are going to keep it close. Uh, and my bold prediction is that Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase will combine for 300 receiving yards. That's right. Hot dog. 300 receiving yards between the two of them. So, you know, I don't know if it's 150, Damn. 150 each or like, you know, 200 for one guy, 100 for the other. I think both these guys are just clicking on all cylinders. Jamar Chase is amazing. And they're both so important to their team's success. So I'm excited for a high-flying performance. I, I, I expect it to be so high-scoring. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are moving on to play in the Super Bowl uh, for the third straight season. Just a really impressive run here by the Kansas City Chiefs. But, I like that, Joe. I like that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I worked really hard on that one. <laughs> uh, why don't we move on to... The NFC side of things, and we have a part three in this matchup. The division rivals, the the San Francisco 49ers going into Los Angeles to face the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, and this is a fun game. Anytime you have a divisional matchup that's deciding who goes to the Super Bowl, I mean it doesn't get much better than that. That's that's exciting, exciting football. And the the Rams, I mean, the, the the 49ers have had the Rams number for a while now. Sean McVay has never beaten the San Francisco 49ers in his tenure in Los Angeles. He is 0 for 6 against Kyle Shanahan. Uh, they beat them twice this year. They had a huge comeback in Week 18 to get themselves into the playoffs. So this, you know, if ever there were a time to break this streak, now would be the time for the Los Angeles Rams. This is another game that I think, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, they match up really well. And it's another game plan. They have, to have the, the exact same game plan they had this last week. What's the best way to beat the, the high-flying offense of the Rams? is to keep number nine, who's playing amazing football, keep him off the field. Run the ball with Debo Samuel, with Elijah Mitchell. You know, uh, keep the ball out of their hands. Short completions. Jimmy G just can't make mistakes. Don't make mistakes. Just shorten the game. Don't allow Matthew Stafford to get, you know, get heated up. I think that's going to be the key. And uh, to me... When it comes down to it, I'm still picking the Rams to win this game. I don't know how. I don't know why I keep picking against the Niners. They keep burning me every single week. But I'm going to pick the Niners to win, or sorry, the Rams to win this game. And my bold prediction is that Matthew Stafford throws for four touchdowns in this game against a, 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 you know, a weak secondary. I think that's the weakest part of this defense for the 49ers. Matthew Stafford throws for four touchdowns and leads the Rams to the Super Bowl. Mike, what are your thoughts on, on the Joe, NFC Joe, that is a Doritos, Doritos bold prediction. <laughs> that, that deserves the Doritos bold prediction of the week. We're sponsored by Four Doritos. Four touchdowns. 
I mean, a team just just shut out the Packers, and you're predicting them to give up now four touchdowns. That is bold. That's listen, I respect man, that. We do Joe. it bold here on I the average Joe that. football show. I like that. Um, I'm really excited for this matchup. I'm honestly excited for this game. Uh, more excited for this game than the Chiefs and Bengals. You have a team that's paid their way to get to this point versus a team that nobody believed or thought would be here. Um, so it's really truly um kind of a David versus Goliath. Um, an underdog versus overdog. This game, I believe, is going to be fun. I'm not saying it's going to be a high-scoring game by any means. Um, you got an offense that has the leading receiver, one of the best quarterbacks this year, um, a run game that's been pretty strong as of late, and then they got a defense that is built of nightmares yeah. um, in the Rams versus the Niners team that doesn't have you know the elite quarterback. Has a wide receiver playing running back. Does have a great tight end. And then a defense that is just... They're, just, they're going to come get you. So really, it's truly an underdog versus overdog um, uh, get type of game. And I'm just pumped. I'm picking the Niners to win this one, All Joe. Right. They're in the, they are in the Rams' head already, winning two times this season. I mean, if Sean McVay loses again, there will be questions like... like why can the Niners not get around? Or why can the Rams not get around the Niners? Especially paying all that money to all these players. Like, you got to win this game if you're the Rams. But I'm picking the Niners, Joe. And my bold prediction for this game is the Rams. Um, man, this is tough, Joe. I'm trying to, trying to pick a real bold one here. Uh, my bold prediction is the Rams don't even score a touchdown in this game. Whoa. They are held to field goals only. Whoa. All right. That is bold. We almost witnessed it. We almost witnessed it in Lambeau Field, a team from California in blizzard conditions. Why could the, Ram- or why could the Niners not shut out the Rams? Their defense looks solid. Um, pass rush looks great. Get to Matthew Stafford early. Get him rattled. I know they got the receiving core of Odell, Cooper Cup. Um, they got Jefferson. Tyler Higby, they got a stacked team, Joe. But we've seen Matthew Stafford, when he gets a bit rattled, he'll throw interceptions. Why not get a few interceptions in this game? Completely shut down that offense and not allow him to even score a single touchdown. I'm telling you, that is bold. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. I'm rocking <laughs> with a Super Bowl prediction. The Niners don't even allow a single touchdown. That is bold. Doritos pulled. That is... I feel like you just tried to one-up mine, and, and I think you absolutely did it. That is a, a bold prediction, and uh, interesting that we have complete opposites for a Super Bowl matchup. So if your predictions are correct, we're going to have a Bengals versus 49ers Super Bowl, which would just be unreal. I mean, it's a Super Bowl rematch. We saw it like, well, we didn't see it. We weren't born yet, but we, we're, Joe Montana versus, versus the Bengals back in the day. Uh, and if my prediction's right, we got the Rams versus the Chiefs. That matchup gets me really excited. I'm super excited about that potentially happening. Uh, but yeah, I I think that's an int- a crazy bold prediction. Uh, I, I I I find it very very hard to believe that's going to happen. Very opposite from my bold prediction: four touchdowns by Matthew Stafford compared to no touchdowns. I think if it's going to happen, like like if your bold prediction is going to happen, it's going to happen because. You know, Andrew Whitworth is injured on that Rams O-line. You know, they're, they're a little bit shaky there. They have uh, their O-line, I think, is one of the biggest weaknesses of that team. 
And then you got Nick Bosa coming off the edge. And, you know, all those pass rushers uh, on, on that line, uh, Eric Armstead, you know, they brought in Charles O'Menehue, uh halfway through the season. He's playing well. And if they're going to do it, that's going to be how they're going to do it. And uh, definitely a fun matchup coming up. Uh, Sean McVay needs to pick up this win uh, to, to get himself back in the Super Bowl. Uh, but looking forward to it, Mike, it's, it's was an incredible, incredible week of football, our weekend of football this past week. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as you enjoyed the divisional round of uh, the NFL playoffs. If you guys did, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I believe they just added the whole five-star ratings on Spotify too. So please, what are you doing? If you're listening to the show and you're not giving us a five-star rating, come on. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. You can write whatever you want in the review. Just, just give us a nice review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Average Joe Show. Mike, before we go, you had anything else you want to say to the listeners, to our loyal listeners uh, of the Average Joe Football Show? Uh, yeah, I actually have. It's a funny story. Joe, I don't know if you can see. I'm wearing a football team t-shirt I did uh, for that. all you listeners out there. Um, no, I'm not a fan of the Washington football team. <laughs> I entered in a flag football tournament a couple, like maybe two months ago. And I told my buddy that our team name needs to be the Caucasian Invasion. <laughs> and uh, my buddy said that is highly racist. <laughs> um, and he changed the name to the football team. And I wasn't, I wasn't game, but I was like, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a meme. <laughs> and I bought a Washington football team t-shirt and I wore it on the day of the flag football tournament. Everyone thought I was that guy who was terrible at football and just bought a team shirt. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm pretty good at football. I did it just for fun. And Joe, that is why you're seeing me wear a football team shirt. It is for a flag football tournament. I figured you'd probably be wondering that all day, but I did I figured I'd just let you know. I was wondering about that and I was going to ask you about that, but I kind of forgot. So th- that is so. Th- is that shirt a Washington football team shirt? It is. It is. Okay. All right. I love that. <laughs> that you guys had a name that you thought was racist, so you changed it to the football team. Oh man, you guys are kind of like kind of like the Redskins, yeah, man. It's kinda. just. I mean, we were following right down the path. Yeah. You don't. You 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 know. You guys decided. Uh, you weren't ready for a total name change, so you needed a placeholder for your flag football tournament. Yep, exactly. That's hilarious. Exactly. That's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I pfft, listen, I don't know how I'm going to top that. I don't know what else to really say. Uh, for Mike and the football team, or the Caucasian invasion, whatever you want to call them, for Joe behind the mic, JT behind the mic, putting in all the hard work, for myself, uh, we're excited for another great weekend of football conference championship games. We're going to find out who's playing in the Super Bowl coming up to the end of the season. But until then, we will catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>